What superhero do you relate to most? I'm so curious. Why? Each of us has our own innate nuclear power. It's God-given. And yet, we're all out here wondering, searching, forgetting, and suppressing. I know I was. It's okay. No judgments here. But I am going to get real. As a life and career coach, it's kind of my job. And you chose the show, so no one is forcing you. But the force is real. And the question I really want to ask is, what's your superpower? I'm Sharon Davenport. I've been called a real-life Wonder Woman. This show is designed to activate you alongside other superheroes. It's time that you arise, put your cape on, and fly. Well, hello, friends. Super great to have you joining us today. And I am giddy with excitement over who our guest is today. The This episode can go in any direction today. And as this guy is truly led by the Holy Spirit. So hang on to your hats and let me introduce you to Mr. Anthony Hart. So Anthony says, I am a just a real dude who is blessed to be called Boo daddy, pastor, veteran, podcaster, and pioneer. These are not titles, but terms of endearment and positioning move moments in my life and his life to seek out my his God-given purpose. Boo to his amazing, talented, driven, and beautiful wife, Morgan Hart. Daddy to one humble, intelligent son and two patient, cultivating uh, daughters. <laughs> That's great. Um, pastor to Greenbrier Community Church in Chesapeake, Virginia, with a Bachelor's of Science in Christian Leadership and Management from Regent University. Veteran of the United States Navy after 21 years of service as a chief petty officer trained to oversee and operate aircraft carrier nuclear reactors. Wow. Voice of the the in the red podcast that is seeking to bring fresh perspective through stories of people who don't look like you, act like you, or sound like you. That is, this is that uncomfortable place where you're challenged, and we can truly see that we are stronger together than apart. Pioneer who pursues taking the message of Jesus out to the confines of the innate church building, out of the innate confines of the church building and into every area of life through the intimate connection with believers and their testimonies. Anthony, I am beyond stoked to have you here with me today and to introduce you to our listeners as well. You know, um, from the first moment that I met you at the Grow for God conference in 2021, I thought, this is a guy that more people have to meet. And I just want to say from the get, get, get go, this is probably need to, gonna, already going to need to be a continual conversation that we'll have, you know, more than once. So um, welcome, Anthony. So great to have you here today. It is awesome to be here. Are you saying this is going to be a continuous conversation because I talk too much and we just got through <laughs> You know what? I love it when you get on a roll. So I'm setting it up because I'm pretty sure that there'll be 
conversations <laughs> that I, we will we had after this. <laughs> yeah, I was recently on an interview or a podcast with uh, Michael Huey, and we got going, and he said, "Okay, we're going to have to end it now, and we'll just do a second episode." So uh, I just warn you, uh, we'll just let the Holy Spirit do what He does, and uh, we'll just kind of operate in the middle. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So that's why I said, hey, we're going to keep it open to possibilities and seeing where this goes a little different. But but I do have some standard, you know, questions that we I do ask everybody. And the first one is, you know, who is your favorite superhero and why? Oh, this is a, a very big question for me. I'm, I'm a kind of a nerd. I mean, as you could tell, I was a nuclear <laughs> engineer. But I love it. You know, when I was in that job, there's a whole lot of people who are real nerds. And I realized <laughs> I was just a bit of a nerd. I'm not a big one. Um, I can remember as a child, my uncle uh, used to go to um, not swap meets, but he would go to uh, auctions and he would just get random mm -hmm. things. Well, one time he went and he'd come to our house and he had these four cardboard boxes. And he said, hey, I got this for a little bit of nothing. Here's you can have these. And I opened them up and these were big cardboard boxes and they were filled to the brim with comic books. Oh, wow. So I was a big reader. I, My parents had me read. We didn't have a TV growing up. It was against our religion. I, I came gotcha. from some very yep. hard stuff. Like women didn't sure. wear anything but dresses, didn't cut their hair. Ah. Um, I remember my dad preaching in churches where men didn't wear rings. They had to wear long sleeve shirts. So uh, one, this Pentecostalism, especially on South, there can be some really pockets yep. of just ugh, stuff, Yes, as, as you well know as, as well. So we didn't have a TV in our home. So I, I read very early uh, that I got the books and the tapes together and we would, mm -hmm. I would listen to those and read the words. So I was reading probably before kindergarten just because that was all we had. Sure. So I got this box of comics and it unlocked this crazy new world to me. And I just read through all those over and over. So superheroes kind of became a thing to me. I love them. So when you ask me if I have a favorite, I actually have two. And one's Marvel, one's DC. If if you have superhero people out there that really yep. know it. Um, and I think they're both kind of for the same reason. So my Marvel guy is Spider-Man. I love, love Spider-Man. I love how he got his powers just in an accident. But the biggest thing as you walk through his kind of story was even though he had this power, he just didn't know how to use it, how to mm -hmm. hone it. And it even resulted in the death of somebody very important. Right. And, you know, his uncle dies because he made a mistake and didn't do what he was supposed to. I think we all have this place in life where we, um, as Christians, we understand we have been gifted the superpower and it's not us it's right. this holy spirit inside us that equips us to do things beyond us but we have the tendency to use it incorrectly uh, we can mess it up and we can even wound people and hurt people if if so so it really connects to this heart of we got to make sure we take care of it now another reason i like spider-man is because the massive amounts of bad guys he faced <laughs> right now i flip over to dc and batman's my favorite and it's the same thing. Go. Batman's got no powers, but his, what defines him is his his uh, enemies. Mm -hmm. He has to constantly come up with new gadgets, new things to prepare <laughs> him to fight these new people. So just the massive amounts of enemies, I think, speaks volumes to us as people to help us realize that in life, there's never just going to be this one enemy that you just constantly fight. And right. if you can if you can win that, you're you're going to win. 
it's it's another thing after another thing. Uh, if we look at the Bible, maybe David's one of my favorite superheroes because we go. love to look at his pinnacle moment of fighting Goliath. But if you scale back a little bit, it was the small enemies prior to it. it was the lion and the bear yeah. when he was in the field that helped him realize this weapon works. Everybody's going to look down on it and say, my little slinging rocks are not going to be enough. But it was exactly what he needed. And then when he gets to that place of standing at the at the precipice of his biggest battle ever, everybody tries to load him up with their superpowers, their weapons, their I... armor. He's like, nope, I got it. Give me my sling, these five smooth stones, and I'm going to go do what you couldn't do and prepare you to go do battles that you can win after I take care of the one that you can't. Hey, oh man, I didn't know we could get a, a sermon out of one question right off the That's bat. The <laughs> I got, I have chills, you guys, chills because, because how true is, and, and, but let's, let's hit on that for a second, you know, with David and Goliath, like he, exactly what you said. And I think people don't think of that, of how God gave him the bear and God gave him the lion to test it out. So he knew his weapon work. He knew what his superpower was. He knew what worked for him because God had actually brought adversity in the past that he had learned to overcome. So that when it came to the, what God had called him to step into, he was able to confidently go, no, God has called me for such a time as this. And I know what works. And, and so how amazing is it? And then it, it, we can take so much of that into our own lives. And so, and I love that you're the, the superhero nerd and that you were able to pull from that. And, and cause I have DC and Marvel, you know, characters mm -hmm. that I love too. So um, man, power. Everybody wants their Joker moment or their green goblin moment. And they look at somebody who's had those places and they want to be there. I want to overcome my big villain. But nobody wants the, I don't know, um, what's some of the smaller villains? Alleyway. You lose sight of the smaller ones, right? And yeah. when you're reading the comic, you're like, oh, that's just somebody who's really quick to overcome. But you need those moments to prepare you for the big one. And everybody wants to step into this big stage and have right. this big battle. But they're not ready because they haven't honed their weapons. Right. I was thinking about this yesterday. I my son is in physical therapy right now. He just had uh, knee surgery. Mm -hmm. So we're sitting there. And the last two times we've been in, there's just been this older black couple that's there. And mm -hmm. um, I just love talking to the older generation. I come from small town, Arkansas. So my, I used to go with my dad to the grocery store, who's a, who's a small town pastor. And I hated it at the time because every it was a trip for bread that would last an hour because he talked <laughs> to everyone he knew. But I learned the I learned the power of conversation in those moments. Mm -hmm. So now, as I'm sitting there with him yesterday, I'm uh, just talking about life, and it was just the connection piece to this world is looking for because she brought up the you know the shootings and all the things in our life right now, and she said everybody's just I don't know what's going on, and I made this statement. It really rang as I said it. I love these Holy Spirit moments where I say things, and I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, that is so good, but that's not me. Because I just <laughs> right. wanted a little while. Right. But it it was this. Everybody's looking for an easy answer to big problems. Yeah. 
and it's not going to happen. The biggest answers are going to have to go through a seasoning process. You're going to have to be challenged. You're going to have to face the smaller enemies because you don't understand the value of what you're holding in your hands or even how to wield it. We see this as superheroes all the time. They get this power and there's such a process of just raw, they just un educated on how to use this and they misuse it hurts people overcome sometimes they do it by accident but it's this process of learning that it's the deep inside part that has to come with this even this power but you have to know your why to be able to use it i i love it a hundred percent and and that's that's where you know when we when we actually learn to trust and listen to the Holy Spirit, the voice of the Holy Spirit, too, we're able to maybe have that transformation a little bit easier, but it's never easy. And but what God takes us through along that transformation is preparing us for that battle moment or that big thing, as we talked about, too. So um, and, and it's such a such a gift. So so, Anthony, I, I think you could have many of these, but um, but what would you say is your superpower and how do you use it in your day to day? Oof. It. You know, it's one that's slowly coming to me and I'm learning more and more um, is discernment. Mm. And I think mm. a lot of people would be like, that doesn't sound like a, a superpower or a gifting. Um, but I'm realizing that it's one that we need more of. Uh, I think in the church, in our life, I think so many people are looking for a lot of things. People are looking for love and the in the old country song in all the wrong places. Yep. Um, people are looking for finance and the easy answer, you know, just simple things like last night we went to go have dinner and we had to leave two restaurants. One was closed because they didn't have enough workers. So they closed one day of the week. Another one had, you know, it's just, we see this problem right now where nobody wants to work, but everybody wants money. So they're mm -hmm. grasping at the easy answer. Well, the government gave me this, so I don't have to work for it. Oh, that's such a broken mentality that right. you can get into the Bible. And Paul specifically addressed as Christians how we should be working and how we should be doing it for the glory of God. We make church about the glory of God. But what are we doing with our day to day out there getting our work done? When he talked to uh, if you go back to uh, Jeremiah, we love the prophecies about him saying that, you know, he knows you're tomorrow and he's got all these plans. But right before he told them that he said, but right now you're in captivity, go work, go take yeah. a wife, go bless the people who are not blessing you. Go bless the people who are holding you in captivity and show them from within who I am. And like, it's such a powerful moment. Right. But I think discernment is one of those things. Then you begin to understand and see the world through a different lens. Mm -hmm. um, you understand when God's telling you to do something or when you're when your body's telling you to do something, uh, you're doing what's easy and sometimes what's hard, sometimes walking through it. And it's, man, I go to, I love now I'm going to some of these conferences and it's weird, but I can hear speakers talk and I almost can see through what they're saying. You know, you know, the company line, you're like, oh, that sounds good on paper. But as you process, you're like, oh, that is so I don't know, paper thin and weak or fabricated. I can mm. see your heart and yeah. it's not. So it's almost, I'd say my um, superhero ability, which I'm learning to use and I'm learning to even get better at is x-ray 
vision. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, spiritual x-ray vision, right? Spiritual Yeah. Oh, I love it. Uh, and so true. And that's, that's just it. You know, from the, the first time that I met you at Grow for God in, in 2021, and, and I got to hear you on stage, but then also see you and how you interacted with people too. And, and it seemed like you, you're just so real and genuine. And I think that's why God has blessed you with that, um, the, the gift of discernment and that why he's honing that in you is because you are so authentic and you're open to being authentic. And, and so many people try to put on masks now. You know, it's it's to try to perform or to try to be something that they think society wants. And I mean, look at Instagram, look at look at TikTok, look at Facebook, look at, you know, the, the people that are getting big followers. They're, you know, on TikTok, they're like the authentic people. And and um, but it used to be the pretty people that you watched. Now, you know, people are wanting, craving the authenticity and they want to be authentic themselves. And that I think that goes right into kind of the next thing I would love to talk with you about. You know, people talk about identity about discovering who you are, the struggles of, of finding freedom in that place. And I know that this is an area that you enjoy discussing and talking about. So roll with this, you know, share your thoughts about identity with us. if you well, would. Yeah, this was, this is not something I walked into lightly. Um, it's over the course of my life. And let me see, I guess it was five years ago. Um, you know, Morgan and I had gone through a history, like a, a series of years. So our first year of marriage, we met in the, in the club. Uh, we had, I was born and raised in the church. She was yeah. not, she got saved in high school through a neighbor. And then we got out, I joined the Navy. So we were both sowing our wild oats. And we, so we met out there sowing our wild oats and through a history of years of not talking to each other, not any, eventually we realized, okay, so we got married and our first year of marriage was hell. Mm. So we realized we had to get around some people that, would change our life that we could confide in and walk through. So we got back into church. We knew that was the place. Church is not perfect and it's broken in a lot of areas, but it's right. better than the alternative. And I think mm -hmm. we as the church have the ability to make it better instead of mm -hmm. sitting around and just being okay Absolutely. with it, what it's become. And that's where I, you know, in my bio, I talk a lot about that. We've become okay with just coming and sitting in a church and then we complain about it with other people, but the people who are not in church hear us complaining about it and want nothing to do with it. Mm -hmm. So we have the right. ability to change what's been done to us. If we walked away from church because we got hurt by church and we don't do anything to help it get better, we are only making the problem worse. We're as bad as the person who yes. did it to us because we're not taking that name back of being the church. We've allowed it to become these brick and mortar buildings that are hurting people um, unknowingly. I think, I think they are only doing what sure. they've been taught sure. and we're not afraid to, we're not, we're afraid to ask questions, mm -hmm. but I go through all of that and we were in church and we walked through this church. We were there for 13 years um, I was serving as campus pastor at the time. I was about to retire from the military and got to go to this conference. It, it was a last second thing. Morgan and I weren't supposed to be able to go. We, had, we couldn't get a babysitter, none of the things. And at the very last minute, just all the pieces fell into place. <laughs> so we went to this conference and we're sitting there and Sharon and I are both about to be authors for the first time, right? Sharon, this is your first time? Yes, yes. We're right. doing a collaboration. Book yes, yes. I outlined this story in my chapter a little bit. Um, awesome. But I was, I was sitting there at this conference. We got there and, and right before it ever started, I was like, okay, God, 
I really feel like you got me here. And I've really felt like I was walking into something new. I was about to retire from the Navy, which is all yeah. I've ever known. I joined straight out of high school. Um, I was, I'd been offered the full-time campus pastor job at the church we were at to pay the exact dollar amount needed to fill in between retirement and active duty. So wow. in my mind, I'm like, man, God orchestrated all of this. He has it perfectly set up for me. So I get to this conference like, all right, God, I'm listening to you. You got me here. Whatever you wanted to put in me, get in me, get out of me, I'm open. Mm, so yeah. I flipped open my Bible. This has only happened like twice. Like people just assume, I think sometimes that we just, when we say these things, oh, he just flips open the Bible and it's always to the perfect scripture. Oh, there's so many times <laughs> I open it and I had no idea where to start or begin or I just start reading and find nothing that day. It's like right. looking for a diamond in the dirt and you don't always yeah. find the diamond, yeah. but we always talk about the moments we do. Sure. So I flipped open the Bible and it was to, in Acts and the, the story of Saul when he was struck down by the light walking down the road to Damascus and had scales put on his eyes. And I yeah. just felt this in my spirit. God say, before there were physical scales, there were spiritual scales. So the yeah. physical scales were just a manifestation of what was already there. And I wrote that note down in my book I had. And I'm not a big note taker. I need to do it. I've been told this several times. I do not. Um, what's the word, Sharon? Um, I'm trying. Uh, you, you're not like. I'm a diary. I'm not a person. That just oh, you're takes, not a journalist. You're not, I'm a, not a journalist. And I yeah. need to be, I know I do. Cause I have all these thoughts. I'm just, I don't know. I just live in the moment. I don't like to take a picture. I like to live in it. Right. So I miss some of these right. things, but for this moment, I wrote it down. And Beautiful. the first guy who got up to speak was actually uh, Ron Carpenter Jr. It was his conference. His wife is also in the anthology with us. Um, and he preached an amazing service sermon. And at the end of it, during like that, that uh, reflection time, he said, I really feel like the Holy Spirit saying this. He said, I want everybody in here to put your hands on your eyes and pray that the Lord would remove the scales from them. <laughs> I, I showed Morgan my notes and I was like, <clears throat> so mm -hmm, just in mm -hmm. tears right there. I said, okay, God, I hear you. I'm listening. What are you trying to tell me? And over those next three days, it was, it's time to go. Wow. It's time to do something different. Yes. Uh, and I did not know how I was going to tell Morgan this when we get in the car on the way home. I'm like, oh, Lord, I'm gonna, how can I tell her that we're walking away from a paycheck? I don't know what's next. We get in the car and I say, boo, uh, I feel like God's telling us it's time to leave Parkway and start something new. And she goes, I know I've been waiting on you. Like it was just this freeing moment. And then, you know, Tamara, five minutes later, Tamara calls and she goes, so when are we starting our church? So it's like, <laughs> okay, God, I hear you. So that was the it. season where we, we were, God said, it's time to go. It's time to step out. Now, even though, although God's telling me these things, like mm -hmm. it's this confirmation of some, this drive to move forward. My last day in the Navy, I get out of my car. I just stepped down as pastor, as campus pastor that week of that church. Mm -hmm. I'm getting out of my car, the same walk I'd made every day to the ship and off. Um, but that morning was different because this was the last time I was ever going to walk on. Right. I get out of the car and I'm standing there looking at it and I just feel this horrible feeling wash over me. And I feel the enemy say, who are you now? You're no longer a pastor. You're no longer a chief. And I begin to look at, at that point, it was 38 years of my life. Everything I'd worked for, everything I'd put time and energy into 
was wrapped up into these titles. And for me, in my limited understanding, that's what I had obtained. And now that those were gone, I had nothing. My mm. identity was built in the things that I had worked for instead of those who I had worked for. And it was in that moment of just nothing, the most awkward identity moment ever. It just the enemy straight attacking me. I just felt God say, nope, you're a husband. You're a father. You're a son. You're a friend. You're a brother. But most importantly, you're my child. Yes. And it was in this moment of just complete release of titles, of positions that he really restored in me who I was. And out of that, that's what I had to work for. And it was in that season, man, I learned a lot of hard things. Like uh, I realized that I'd been doing ministry for a long time at the sacrifice of my family. Ooh, wow. You know, I was yes. raised in a very yeah. working ministry. Uh, mm -hmm. So when I got into it, I, <clears throat> I was told and sometimes it wasn't even told it was just perceived, but you see people doing this often that if this is your calling, you got to put everything into it. Sometimes your yeah. family's got to take a back seat for what God yeah. wants to do in this season. I very heard clearly heard the spirit say the strength of your ministry will be determined by the strength of your family. And it was a repositioning prioritization of my life in that moment to realize my number one has to be this. If right. I don't have this, then I'm never going to be able to do this. Yeah. So I, I'd sacrificed my time with God for my ministry. My time with him had been for others. Wow. I had sacrificed my family for mm -hmm. others. And I realized when I began to resituate and get my time with him. And as a result, spend that time with my first church, which is my, my God appointed church, my family that he's gifted me with. Yes that's what people needed to see. And there was ministry moments that just began to flow around a table in a home. And that forged our two year season that we called the session. It was a home church that although we tried to do it churchy church, God stripped it several times and got us down to sitting around the table on the couch at sharing dinner. And I realized in that season, God was trying to do some different things. He was trying to change the identity of the church. And in mm -hmm. that season, he, when I thought I had it all figured out, I call that my undoing season. He aligns us to come back into this church we're in now as pastors. Uh, I was raised Pentecost. This church was founded Baptist. And we're realizing that, you know, if I had walked out of the church we came out of and walked right into here, it would have been a debacle. But God sure. really positioned my heart to see the need for, I think, the the denomination, 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 <laughs> Ism. There we go. Denominationalism yeah. of the church mm -hmm. has, has torn it apart. Yeah, It has done exactly what Jesus prayed for in the garden. It's gone against that. He prayed for a perfect right. unity amongst all believers. Right. So that, so we're, we're talking about the identity mm -hmm. of the church here. This is the, the identity of the church moment. We could go back to Abraham's covenant. I'm going to bless you so that you will be a blessing. The so that moments are always positioning mm -hmm. moments. Jesus, most important prayer in the garden. It's the last thing he said. It's kind of like when you're leaving the house. Oh, did I leave the iron plugged in? Did I leave the stove on? Right. Those are the important things. The last prayer Jesus prayed is, I pray, Father, for a perfect unity amongst all believers so that this world will know that you sent me for them. Now, how right. long have you been in church and heard that the problem is the people out there? They're broken. They're lost. 
But realistically, if that's a true statement, the reason they don't know that Jesus was sent for them is because we're not in perfect unity as believers. Uh-huh. Man. So the identity in church comes <clears throat> out of our ability to be together. Mm, so when I got into this church, I, it really stretched me to see beyond what I'd been taught. It opened me up to everything in the word and not being stuck in this way or that way, because I begin to see the Holy Spirit operate in somebody who, you know, as we were taught, if you didn't speak in tongues, you didn't have the Holy Ghost. Right. That's, I'm talking yeah. and ministering with people who haven't spoken in tongues and I'm I know the Holy Spirit's operating through them because it's just on a different plane. Yet they've right. never spoken tongues. Like this is a broken mentality in the church that I had to overcome. Yes. It's not to say that we shouldn't strive for those things, but we've right. put the gifts at the desire of the church. We want the gifts. When Paul right. said the gifts shouldn't be your desire, because if you don't have the fruits, the gifts are worthless. Mm -hmm. There we go. Boom. This is the identity problem in the church. We've gone after the wrong thing. But in this church, walking through this path, identity was this thing that God kept pushing me, pushing me, pushing me. This is a long answer for a short question. Yeah, but but I love I love how though that you know a couple of things that you talked about it was it was in that moment when you stepped out and that was your last day of the Navy you know you you had that over overwhelming sensation and feeling but isn't it beautiful how in your moment of surrender and allowing God to to, to show you about your true identity and who you truly are with him. And you, yes, you're leaving those titles behind. You're surrendering that and you're allowing, you're saying, okay, God, who am I with you? And you show me my identity and you, and, and let's walk this out together. And um, so that's, you know, and then, then for you to be able to recognize that you had sacrificed your family, that you had sacrificed your relationship with God, you're helping all these other people and you sacrificed. My father was a pastor. So I, I grew up in the church, more yeah. charismatic. That's why I'm shaking my head while you're doing, you're saying that. And, but my father did try to make it a point to spend time with us, his family, um, yeah. growing up because he had seen that already that people sacrifice their families in order for, and for the ministry. And I believe that's another way that Satan twists things and how he uses to, to bring that disunity, because if he can keep the, if he can, if he can help the churches to fight themselves or the denominational barriers, then we're not going to be focused on that relationship and cultivating that and truly, um, and, helping people and getting to the root of the matter, which is, is God came and told us to love, love God first and then love one another and to, mm -hmm. you know, just share his word and to get up. That's what we're supposed to be doing. So if he can keep this unity in the church by helping us all to be distracted by what we think our identity should be, then, then that's, um, you got May fired up here too. Um, <laughs> that can you know, be a big distraction. It comes back to this identity. So, Post-pandemic was really the place that we we shut down the church here locally. Oh, we were doing it online, Facebook Live. And when we opened back up of November of 20 in prayer, I was like, okay, God, what do you want me to preach? This first sermon series as we come back, and it was the Ten Commandments. I'm like, wow. oh gosh, God, you're really giving some fiery stuff. Like, ugh. but it was amazing. I preached five weeks. I split it up into two commandments each week. And it was funny how when I began to walk through this, just what you talked about, 
Jesus made the Ten Commandments into two, but he really didn't whitewash them at all. He just split them into two categories. Right. The first four commandments, if you look at them, are all about loving God with all your mind, body, and soul, everything you are. Yeah. The, the next six are loving your neighbor, but this is where we miss it. It's to love your neighbor. I have a t-shirt that says, love thy neighbor, but it says, love thy neighbor as yourself. Right. So out of the first four commandments, what we find is value. When you understand who God is, when you give him your everything, Jesus, I've been preaching this about back to the basics. Jesus said, be willing to leave your family, everything you have behind and follow mm -hmm. me. It didn't mean that I want you to just walk away from everything and cut yourself right. off from society. It was an Abraham moment. I want you to sacrifice the very thing I've given you so you'll understand the value of it. Yeah. This yeah. is the first four commandments. When you understand his value and who he is, not only to you, but for you, then out of that, you realize you've been created in that image. Your mm -hmm. value comes out of the one that you're serving, the one you're connected to now in an intimate connection. You now know your value and your image and your identity. And you realize everyone around you has been made in the same image and is struggling in the same areas to have a broken identity. So your desire is to love them so that they will be connected to the one who can restore them. hundred percent. It's awesome. Love that. Well, I, Anthony, I knew, I knew like, I mean, shoot, we just got to question number three. Um, <laughs> well, you know, identity, after that, after that 10 week or after that five week, 10 commandments, I yeah. preached 26 weeks on identity. Oh, I had wow. four weeks blocked off. I was like, oh, this could be a four-week sermon on identity. And the Holy Spirit just kept straight. 26 Other plans. weeks. Other plans, which is beautiful, which is great. Yeah. So, uh, and I, again, I knew we, there's so much more that I would love for people to hear from you as well. You have, I know you have your In the Red podcast, but I'd love to have you back on, as I mentioned before. But before we go, uh, yeah. I, you know, I had mentioned that I met you at the Grow for God conference in 2021. Now we, I know you're going to be on stage teaching, I, I understand, at Grow for God 2022 as well. And, yeah. um, and, and we will be on stage together at one point because we are doing the book anthology, you guys. Um, for those of you listening, we'll have an opportunity later for you to be able to um, to purchase that. And it's going to be amazing. We have 20 authors, um, the entrepreneurs, God Center Kingdom Entrepreneurs is what we call ourselves. And... Um, um, so we would love to see you guys at the Grow for God conferences in Nashville, Tennessee, and um, bring your friends. Come. It's, it's such a powerful conference. When I was there last year, I kept going, so many more people need to be here. So many more need people to be here. We can help you. I can reach out and help you to get that ticket. But Anthony, do you want to say a little something about Grow for God before we um, say adieu for today? Yeah, uh, you know, I'd encourage entrepreneurs, business people, especially those that are Christian, you got to get here. Um, I was introduced to this last year uh, through Tamara, who connected with Glenn Lundy, who had a yeah. super heart to change the way that business was done and, and getting God installed into these places. And, um, you know, as we came in last year, it was just a really cool moment to see the Holy Spirit as we've been talking, connect with people in a super intimate way. Um, it, it, there was from one moment you're getting business principles from people like Brian Hess, who's going to be speaking again and Glenn Lundy. Um, and then the next moment we got people Grant Cardone showed up, Grant Cardone Grant Cardone. Showed up. and Hello. we had um, 
the next step we're doing worship and people are in the altar in tears overcoming things that have held them back in their life um and this year we have glenn and brian both returning um but there's powerful speakers uh kevin gardner's or kevin mullins is one of them if you've never heard him a powerful pastor uh ramon ray if you didn't interact with him last year he was a behind the scenes dude he just loving on everybody helping in any way he can he's speaking this year renee bob who is a veteran who is all about helping veterans get government grants to start businesses and things like that so you are getting a massive amount of different styles of voices hope carpenter if you don't know her is a powerful woman voice so you're going to get men women black white and it is just going to be a powerful moment. There's going to be breakout sessions this year where you can connect Andrew with. He'll be yes, there Andrew Carter is my boy. Mm -hmm. He's got so many Facebook and Instagram followers. Oh my gosh. Stupid, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's um, awesome. Yes. So I'm excited to get spin. He's out of LA. Great, amazing man of God. It just, like me, wants to make it practical and connectable. Like, yeah. let's do this thing where it's not all churchy anymore. Um, so I'm encouraging anybody and everybody, if you don't have tickets, get them now. It's going to be a, a three-day connection with God. If you're an entrepreneur trying to get started, you are going to get so much wisdom from these people who have done it, have battled the hard battles. It's going to help you uh, get installed early often. It's those David moments. David didn't defeat Goliath and then turn around to the army behind him and say, okay, now you know how to do it. Here's a giant for you. Here's a giant for you. He said, I overcame this so that you can do things that I'm not going to do. This right. is what this conference is for. Men and women who have battled some battles, have gone through some stuff, have been threatened to walk away, have been threatened in their identity, and want to pass this on to you of how we can overcome it. So this is November 4th through 6th, Nashville, Tennessee. Get on it. GrowForGod.com will take you to the website. You can get a buddy pass right now, somebody that comes with you. I can assure you, it's going to be bigger than the stage. There's going to be those moments where you're going to be sitting over lunch or yeah. most of the powerful moments last year, getting to have dinner with people like, hey, let's go have dinner. Okay, I don't even know you, but let's go have dinner. And just God working and opening and you know sharing sharing the conversations with you and your husband last year, yeah. uh, not on a stage, but offline. Marcus yeah. Ellis, a very close friend of mine now, Ryan Austin, uh, just relationships that I made last year in conversations and connections who have, you know, changed my life in the year following. Uh, so I'm so excited to be there, not only to speak, but just to share and break bread with people uh, just like me. I've not Powerful. figured it out. I've not arrived just because I'm a pastor. You know, all those titles that we talked about at the beginning, I call them terms of endearment because there's so many people who are connected. To they have to have those titles. If they lost those titles, who would they be? In right. my moment of release, I realized those people that I've walked through life that call me pastor ring a lot differently than a person who just knows my position. In the same way, somebody can know that I'm a father, but when my babies call me daddy, that's what I that's what I I call to. When my wife calls me boo, it rings differently than any other woman in my life. And I think that's where all of these titles, if they're not founded in who you're serving through them, then they're limited, they're broken, and they're only there to make you feel good about yourself. Let's go. Growforgod.com. Growforgod2022. Get there. Be there. Meet somebody just like you. And let's have the Holy Spirit just wreck us. 
I love it. I love it. And and you can always reach out to me. I'd love to help you to get your tickets as well. There's different levels you can come in at. Happy to help you with that, to serve you in that way. And love to connect with you too that are listening. And if you're listening to this after November 2022, don't worry. There's going to be a 2023 and 2024. Reach out where this thing Amen. is going. Go ahead and speak is- that. Right? Oh, 100%. I mean, oh my, this is for entrepreneurs and business people who are in alignment with the Holy Spirit and with God and want to grow. And But there are people there, like big business owners that are just starting their walk with the Lord too. And there are some people that like, people are like, it was such a powerful conference on all levels. But yes, so guys, thank you for joining us today, for tuning in. Anthony, thank you so much. You guys can find Anthony on Facebook and Clubhouse um, and and his church online as well. And again, we hope that you join us for the Grow for God. Guys, thank you again so much, Anthony. Um, and those of you that are our friends that are listening, you know, I'm going to ask you one thing as you walk away here. What are you going to do with your superpower? Think on that. Mm. And bye for now.